Yo, what's happening with what's happening? Welcome to What's Happening. I'm Brad. I'm Fred. This is the show we talk about what's happening. What's happening with you, bro? Not much, man. It's been working. We got a little thunderstorm uh, last night. I don't know, thunderstorm, but it was high winds with light rain. But I guess it knocked down some power lines. Today. So I woke up having to help some stores out because they ain't had no power. So I had to do their reservations and whatnot. You know how them type of days go. <laughs> man. I got paid to play video games today. Yeah, I seen you snap. I ain't impressed. <laughs> no hate, but I had to do real work this Saturday. So, you know what I'm saying? Hey, hey my work was real, too. And that pay was even more real, you know? I bet. I you bet. Know? So, I, had, I had no complaints, man. Now, today was cool. We we put together this little event. Um, you know, a training event, you know what I'm saying? So... Yeah, we did that, and that's cool. And I'm actually going to do it again at another location in two weeks. So in two weeks, I'll be posting another little, hey, I'm getting played to play video games again. <laughs> Y'all hear that hateration and the holleration in this dancery cabinet right now, right? Hey, that's, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. But we are going to get back focused on um, – yeah, I'm going to just cut that piece out. We are going to <laughs> – My lead, hey, you was cool till you said I'm gonna cut it out. Man, when I said two, I was just mm -mm, no, that ain't gonna work. All right, we are continuing our women making history series. We've had three episodes so far, and they have all been phenomenal, uh, one after another, just banger after banger after banger. And uh, I think we're gonna continue that trend. So today. Uh, we have with us Miss Trina Crossland. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I just like made that extra syllable happen. That Crossland. Is it Crossland <laughs> or is it just Crossland? Crossland with one S. See, yeah. So I'm just like <laughs> being all extra because it's a podcast and I can't help it. Um, well, you know, well, you know, Bradley. I literally in the past few years have lived in Colorado. California, and now I'm in Massachusetts, so I've literally lived across the land. You've been been around the world, now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I get around. <laughs> <laughs> I love Man, it. We I need her for the uh, top artist episode. You know that maybe was a perfect LL, wasn't it? <laughs> Man, you dropping you dropping gems early, man. <laughs> But um, that's what happened with recording issues. Recording <laughs> issues, but uh, stay tuned, y'all. But um, stay focused on on what we've got happening uh, with uh, Trina. So Trina, uh, we were just talking before we started recording, but we've known each other for I said 2006, and it's 2022, so 16 years, almost two decades. That is a long time to know somebody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it really is and you know looking back on how long we've known each other because I was with that company for 18 years total and some of my favorite memories you're in several of those uh, 
stuff. And just because we had so much fun together, because that was such a fun family or families. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, um, you know, part of that family was uh, Kyle, uh, the the husband, uh, well, now late husband of uh, of our guest from last week, Nadine. So it's all coming full circle for our listeners, just so you know. Uh, but Trina here herself, you know, Trina has, she has an incredible life, an incredible story. And, um, you know, I thought that, you know, for our women making history, I thought that it'd be good to bring you on and let people know, you know, who you are and, and, and you know, what you've done and what led you to do that and, and you know, what your life is like. And as always, this show is freestyle. Um, Fred literally just met Trina today. Fred did not know Trina uh, before today. And Fred does not know Trina's story. It's going to be just a freestyle, just conversation. So here we go. So Trina, in your own words, just, you know, kind of, Kind of tell us what um, you know, what happened and why you decided to make some life changes and you you know where to go. Go ahead, and tell your story. Well, I've listened to some of your past podcasts and I know that um you guys are trying to be healthy now also, but you know just there was a time in my life. I mean and. You, and you, Bradley, have seen me in several stages of my physical self. And life happens and, you know, just growing up, you know, just never learned to, I never took self-control over my eating and everything and just never knew when to stop. And I had always been a big girl and... I think even when I met you, I don't think I was ever under 200 pounds when we first met. But we were all, when we were hanging out together as a work crew and everything, there was always food. And, you know, even ordering, even at work, we had to order food and everything. And just, you know, just I ate my way up to, at my heaviest, 350 pounds. And, you know, just, I'm like, what, what is going on? I'm like, no, this is, this can't happen anymore. And that realization came full circle because of two events. In 2009, I had went, no, 2007, I had moved out to Jackson, Wyoming. Because there was a job out there where I'd be able to get health insurance to get to possibly get the gastric bypass and with God and all his nonsense and how he's like no this is not your time insurance decided not to pay for it and life life happens where someone did things that they weren't supposed to and my body was taken advantage of. In those six months, I gained like 75 pounds. I moved back to Sandusky not long, not long after that happened because I was just in such a... I, I just had to get out of Wyoming, away from that person. 
and you know just because I didn't want someone else to be able to control that aspect of my life and just still physically seeing him and you know just um I went back to work for Cedar Point and everything tried getting on the biggest loser um when it was at its peak in popularity and everything and there was one night I was walking home from work at Castaway Bay I I had fallen on some ice and literally had to crawl to a tree to get my ass back up off the ground because I could not I was so big I could not get myself back up and I'm like, you know, just, I can't do this anymore. I can't live like this if I cannot physically take care of myself in an instant like that where I'm by myself. And then I, the next day I saw an advertisement in the St. Nesby Register that they were looking for new contestants for their local, that newspaper's local fit challenge where they put five people against each other for six months and give a free trainer and gym membership during that time. And I, I've got a really good, strong writing background because I've studied journalism in high school and college. And so I, I knew that, I knew what it took to write that essay. So I sat down, wrote it, sent it in with a picture of me at my absolute worst. And then a few weeks later, I got the email that I was chosen for that contest. And, you know, just, I was not, I was stubborn and determined and everything to do whatever it took to get my life back in order so I could take care of myself. And I didn't want to blow a chance of getting healthy and be, have people, because I knew the city of St. Nesky was going to be following my story, and I didn't want to be lazy and say, oh, they should have given that spot to somebody else because she's not doing anything. In those six months, I went from 314 pounds to 222. That's amazing. I, <laughs> I have literally busted my ass during those six months because I was not going to give anybody a chance to say she didn't work for this. She didn't earn this. And part of um, the reason why I was doing this is uh, at the time I had a crush on one of my former co-workers. And, you know, you know how that is. And everything. Yeah. And, you know, I was a lonely 300 plus pound woman having a crush on one of her cute co-workers or whatever. And knew I didn't have a chance with him because I kept telling him, like, you know, I really like you, but you're gay. And he's like, shut up, Sam. No, no, I'm not. I've got a girlfriend and... But that, that's just a different story. And I, I'm like, yeah, you know, that's the only reason why I talk to you. But, you know, just this gentleman had also lost over 100 pounds before I had met him. And he would talk to me about his journey 
and everything. So, um, my sister had graduated like six months before I got into that fit challenge, and seeing her and I next to each other, she is like five seven, long blonde hair, like maybe a hundred pounds soaking wet. <laughs> so, seeing a picture of her and I together, where we can fit two and a half of her in me, literally. And when I got home from her graduation, seeing that picture and everything, I signed up for Weight Watchers. And between the time I signed up for that and when I got into the fit challenge, I had lost 35 pounds. Just watching what I ate. I can't say I really cut anything out during that time because I was still drinking cherry Cokes and eating donuts and pizza and ramen noodles and Chinese takeout. But I was just being more mindful of, like, instead of drinking, like, a six-pack of 20-ounce Cokes a day, I'd cut it down to, like, five. We just cut back slowly. Take something, one of them away each week or something until I was going strictly on water. Because I had calculated it the other day. Um, getting up to my highest weight on an average day, I could eat um, 7,100 calories a day just off of snacking bull crap. And with what I wrote down, that's almost a thousand cal, a, a thousand grams of carbs, which is more than what I should be eating in a week. Wow. So, and you know, now I try to be mindful not to eat more than forty grams of carbs in a day. Wow. So. Just a lot, lot of um little things I wasn't paying attention to. So you really kind of expressed that you had a, you, you went through this phase where you were just mad at yourself and almost like embarrassed at yourself. Is that? Yeah. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah, I'm really, really angry with myself. Um, and I still go through that process now. To I'm like, why did I let myself get to that point in time where I missed out on so much of my life? And I know you and Fred talk a lot about sports. And, you know, just I, I know you don't do a lot of background research for this, but, you know, just in some of the blogs that I wrote, it, I'm like, I was a bench warmer in my own life. I'm like, I wanted to get out there and play, and play baseball. You know, I, because I worked in for an amusement park in the ski resort, and I said, I want to go ski. I don't want to be told I'm too fat to sit in a roller coaster. I don't want to be stuck babysitting belongings in the while mom and dad's riding a roller coaster. I want to do that stuff, too. And, you know, just... Little things like that, and like, I missed out on my own life. And that taking that opportunity to sign up for the contest and everything and taking full advantage of it gave me my life back because I'm living in 
I've had some pretty incredible experiences meeting some pretty amazing people um, by doing by losing weight, and especially with the ski resort, um, I I've met some pretty incredible A-list celebrities through that market, which you know I'm obviously not allowed to repeat who I've served. Yeah, but you know, I wouldn't. I can't have those kind of moments if I didn't take care of myself and get myself back in order. So, I go ahead, uh, Fred. Are you have to say go yeah, ahead. Yeah, because I well, one, I just want to know to let other people know out there mentally, how did you prepare for that journey? You know, just, you know, mentally, you know, it's, it's really hard because I still struggle mentally with the, the whole process. And, you know, it's, um, I growing up with, because I didn't have a normal I don't, everybody will say they didn't have a normal childhood, but, you know, just I process things with how I process events in life. I numbed everything with food and, you know, whenever someone gets promoted, there's food. Someone, Johnny has a birthday, there's food. You know, there's a breakup. Oh, let's go get a glass of wine or a pint of ice cream. And, you know, it's just everything surrounded was, was surrounded in, with food. And, you know, just it took me needing someone who had gone through the process of losing weight mentally, physically, and, and him hearing his story. And then just because it takes a very strong support system to help you go through through that and it, it's hard because you know just there's times now when I'm literally less than half my size of what I used to be but I still see and feel like I'm the 350 plus pound person even though I'm running marathons and half marathons now I still feel like that that person so what makes you still feel that way, even though you've lost weight? And if I, at any point in getting too personal, you let me know, I will completely, you know, redirect the question. I, I mean, because I understand from what you said, it's, it's not easy to talk about it as well if you still deal with it mentally is what I'm getting well, at. Well, no, I, these are questions I actually need to answer and everything because I know... In order for me to help myself and to help others, I need to be honest with it. But um, some of it is uh, um, because I was so morbidly obese for so long and much of my life. Um, I still have extra skin on my body from all that extra weight. Um, I have... I cannot wear dresses that sh are short um, 
because my thighs hang down to my knees. That's the skin. Um, and I, I'm guessing I have maybe another 30 or 40 pounds of extra skin on my body. Um, just because of how my, how, how long I was heavy, even though I've been, the weight that I have now, I think it was probably like 10 or 15 pounds of that fat, whereas the rest of it's just skin. Okay. So, and it's, and it's kind of crazy because I actually knew about this program um, through another coworker of me and Bradley's um, that went through it. Um, don't say his name. But I, think I, I don't. Know. Yeah, I'm not going to say his name. Um, but I think but I know who. He, kind of, very, very nice gentleman, tall. Yep, yeah, yep, um, yep, he, I'm there. Yeah, he, he's. One of the nicest people you can meet. You, yep. I mean, you, you're you're right on the page. I'm pretty sure you know. He's always got a smile. Mm -hmm. Um, no matter no matter what, he, he's just one of the sweetest gentlemen you can ever meet. Do I know him, Bradley? You probably if, do. We're not gonna put his name out there just because. Yeah, and if you were in this program, I want to say that's why your face looks familiar to me is because he used to post a lot of pictures and stuff on his Facebook when he was going through that journey. Um. What was, you know, going through that program, what was the, the toughest part of the program, you would say? Um, each stage of it, there's a different challenge <laughs> and everything. But, you know, honestly, initially, it was just getting started and everything. But once I got confirmation that I was in that contest, I couldn't back out because I wasn't going to, like I said earlier, I wasn't going to just give waste an opportunity and have the whole city say, oh, she wasted her chance to get healthy. She's a failure and everything. I'm like, no. And you know, um, one interesting thing about me, Fred, is that I have never driven a car. I've never gotten, and I've never gotten a, gotten a driver's license. And right now, with the way gas prices are, I'm glad I don't drive. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's just, and there was a point where I had seriously considered it, but because, because I am five foot two. At one point, my belt size was 64, or it was either 64 or 66 inches, and that was too tight. My belt buckle was longer than I was tall. And so wow. you have like a full grown six foot tall man holding up the belt buckle. Just imagine that's how long my waist was, wide my waist was. And as a female and everything, because my stomach was hanging so low, my inseam for my work pants was 22 inches. Um, and now that inseam is like, I think 27 inches now. But, um, you know, it was just getting started on, on my journey and just like, don't give up, friend. don't waste this opportunity. And I got that opportunity in January 2014. And like a week or two after 
that contest started, I was walking 45 minutes one way to the gym every day. We had six weeks of nonstop snow and ice during that first, that winter. I'm like, no, don't use that as an excuse not to go. Because I'd given up my TV and DVD player and everything. Like, no, I'm not giving myself an excuse to stay, stay home, sit on my butt, eat eating Cheetos and just whatever, watching The Biggest Loser or whatever else was on TV. So, I hauled my butt to the gym every day walking. And that I used that to my advantage because I was getting extra time in to work out. So, that was automatically an hour and a half round trip of just walking without even doing any cardio lifting or anything at the gym. So you, you know, one thing that's really, and, and, and if I'm wrong, you could tell me to shut up. Um, but one thing that it, it really seems to me is that there was some depression there and it was there for a while. And, you know, you and I have known each other for, like, like we said, what, 16 years now? Yes. I, I can't say that in my interactions with you that I ever know that I ever knew you to be any kind of depressed. So am I, first off, am I correct in saying that you um, had some depression and you were covering it, you were hiding it? Yes. And that, that's probably a very accurate statement, um, Bradley, um, because I was hiding it from food, forcing it down. And as you know, um, from our interactions at work, I am the fun fat girl. Always going up and paying dumb jokes and everything. And like during Halloween, being the ugly clown scaring the piss out of people at work and going you behind. To me. If, you're, if, you're, if you're scaring you away when you hate doing things to me at work, and you're just. Because I purposely did that to you the one night. Yeah. Story time. Um, story time with your boy, y'all. So used to work at a music <laughs> park, Cedar Point, and uh, I'm working the guessing game one night, and out of nowhere, it's dark. This is like October, so it's dark. Midnight. Um, it, yeah, and out of nowhere, just this creature comes up from behind my game and scares the hell out of me. And this creature <laughs> is is Trina. And not only am I scared and I can't get her back because I'm at work, but I also have a microphone attached to my face. So everybody hear you scream. Listen, not only <laughs> scream, but if I react in the way that I would like to react, it's gonna be my last scream. Right? <laughs> yeah, they didn't play that there. <laughs> but um, and continue. So, so you were saying that you you were the funny. You you, you tried to. You. I hit it. I I I hit I hit the depression and you know just and any you might see on my Facebook sometimes where I but I post I'm like check on the funny Facebook person check on the strong people because that's probably the ones that are hurting the most in everything and because they just hide it a lot better and you know just when. I, I've also 
come to learn with how I deal with things that it's also those who appear to be rude and abrasive that they need some extra attention and love also. Mm. So, because you're just, you're just like, and even now, um, I would say it's fairly accurate that um, depression, the depression and anxiety is very loud right now and front and center in my life. Um, and I'm not sure if you've noticed on Facebook or anything, Bradley, but my mom died of cancer this past August. And yeah, I do remember that. I'm sorry. Thank you. And you know, it's just that's been very front and center. And I've lived away from my mom at this point in time for over half half of my life and everything, but. I talk to my mom almost every day up until she died, either through text or messenger or just calling the house or whatever. So that's taken a toll and that depression's affected other relationships in my life now. So I got like seven ways I want to go after that. <laughs> um, yeah. Earlier, um, it because it sounds like she still deal with the you know depression now, and and is it? Do you feel like some people still see you in the same way as uh, before, even though you've lost weight, or is it more just? you don't feel like because you lost the weight because you have the extra skin that you, you know, don't perceive they've lost it. I I think it's both. And I say that only because I just moved to Massachusetts within the last year and a half. Um, moving here, none of these people knew me when I was 350 pounds. They only know the person that is in front of them, so they, they don't understand the mental connection that I have um, with that person. Um, I when, when I moved here, one of the first th things that I, I did was that I joined a gym and was started working out because it was post-COVID and every COVID hit March of 2020 and in July I had moved here and gyms were allowed to reopen and everything and my first thing my first concern was getting a gym membership and started I had met a trainer here a few weeks later and started working out with him and because I, I just like how I feel when I'm exercising and moving and everything and the mental aspect of living is, and the, the physical and the mental go hand in hand. Because I 1 million percent feel much better when I'm physically working out than when I don't. Because if my mental health really suffers when I'm not working out. And the same way when I'm eating terrible, it, it affects my, my mental health because... If I eat, like, and I know it's in moderation, but if I have, like, a donut 
piece of cake, anything. Little piece is not bad, but if you sit there and just force feed it, that's when you really start to beat yourself up. So one thing that's really kind of coming out, you know, you said, hey, I got to Massachusetts, and the first thing I did, and I did not say that state's name correctly. Whatever I called it. Whoa, buddy. When you got to Massachusetts, you said you got there, and instantly you're like, I got to go find a gym. You said that um, when you learned about the program, the, the, the fitness challenge happening, you were just like, I'm going to write this letter. I'm going to make this happen. Um, and then you said when you got accepted into the program and you needed to go to the gym, I'm walking to the gym, 45 minutes there, 45 minutes home, while I'm also doing the workout. You said, I gave away my TV. I gave away my DVD player. Took away distractions. When you have your, your, your mind set on something, you're not letting anything stop you at all. Where does that come from? I say that comes from just my mom's was a badass because she was a single mom with four kids when she met my stepdad. And there's a whole lot of Italian, German, and British in our family, just on my paternal side. And I, my granny would always say, I used to tell her, I'm like, thanks, granny, because well, that just means that we're a bunch of drunk, angry, proper people. <laughs> and, you know, just because, and it's just the, the British part plays very well over here in Massachusetts because these people have no emotions or, and they're, they're nice people, but they're just very blunt, very rude, the up, stiff upper lip, if you will. But, you know, it's just um, seeing what my mom had to go through to make sure um, her four kids who were under the age of 10 were safe from um, it was, the relationship she had with the man that is on my birth certificate was less than ideal. And... Um, I'm not going to go into that on the podcast, but you know, it was just not, it was not a safe environment for us. So, mom got us out of it and everything. And I think some, some part of me kind of wonders if that is mentally how the weight gain started slowly was just, that's the only way I knew how to deal with it. Mm. Okay. Um, wow. I, and, I, and I know you're hearing some of this stuff for the first time, Bradley, so. No, this is. It's, it's what do we do. What it's we do. Different, but you you know, it's <laughs> it's a different subject that we definitely haven't, you know, tapped into in any way. And at the same time, you know, we still want to be mindful of you, you know, so it, it, it does yeah. make it, you know, a little challenging to, you know, really deep dive how we usually deep dive without. No, go, go ahead and deep, 
go ahead and deep dive because it in helping me it should help others because we have in order to be completely healthy in this process we have to learn to deal with our deep demons down deep within us that we've been masking with our vices and you know, if you from the sports perspective if you listen to Michael Phelps he swam so hard much because he was he battles depression also and he was all burying his demons through swimming Simone Biles the gymnast she she pushed through like the allegations of that the team doctor with the Olympics and along with several other Olympic so it's not just the average person like me it's a lot of people but we all channel our demons in different ways and after at least for me when I learned to get rid of the, my addiction to food running had become my my go-to um, vice if you will your new addiction because you know I was pushing my body in a direction to where I could mentally free my mind and because if I'm running I it gives me the freedom to push through my problems and really think about and it's like do I really need to do this and everything because I'm focusing on the road in front of me and so because I do try to do most of my running outside instead of on a tre treadmill because the treadmill I feel like a hamster where I'm not going anywhere but it forces me to focus on the journey ahead of me it's like you know if I have this problem coming up the situation at work how am I going to fix this by because I'm just focusing on the road ahead ahead of me instead of just dwelling on the problem and going over it the, like the overthinker just focusing on one step of it so for me that's how I've learned to deal with life is just pushing through everything and just focusing on the step in front of me and going for towards the end goal at the end of the marathon instead of feeling like a hamster on a wheel like I do on a treadmill does that make sense Oh yeah, it makes yeah. a whole lot. <laughs> hey, it, you just dropped a damn bar, yeah. You know? <laughs> hey, I'm trying to tell you. Hey, I seen in your face a brewery. Hey, it, it, yeah, that that makes plenty of sense. If it didn't, I'm sorry for the ones that it went over their head. But press rewind and listen again. Yeah, I'm trying to tell you, uh, but Ooh. but yeah. I, so have you thought of you know? Because to me, truthfully from listening to you, you know, if, have you thought about, you know, a procedure or something that, you know, a home remedy, I don't know, because I, I know I've seen on TikTok, they got this lemon and coffee thing that helps, you know, take away that excess skin or whatever. So I don't know how that would work, you know, full body wise, but have you thought about something to remove the excess skin? Because I, I feel like, that a help a portion of the depression that because I feel like you know you felt like you've done the job you you got the results 
it's just the excess skin that's in a way that doesn't show the results. No, I I have and um what um I'm in the process now because I've been with the company long enough now to where I qualify for some portion of insurance. And my problem is, is being a single female and everything, no other income coming in. It's all out of pocket and everything because unless I can get a doctor to deem this skin medically necessary, it all has to come out of pocket. Um, I, I will say that America. I did have one. I had one procedure done already and I don't know if I ever told Bradley about this um, because of the incident when I was in Wyoming um, that guy was very, so forceful with me that night that um, he caused a hernia internally on me and it wasn't caught until much later or noticed because of how much weight I had on me, and when I was in o in Ohio, um, I went to the doctors for something. And that's when they discovered the hernia, and we had attempted. I had, we we were going to do the surgery then, but God in His magical powers denied that surgery for whatever reason, and he's like, he was like, "No, wait," and then. I got on this really amazing insurance two years later after I lost the weight. And I went to, to my general practitioner one day, and this was after I lost the weight. I, and, and it was just like really absurd, Fred, when I went into the, the doctor's office that day. And he was going over my lab results and everything and I weighed like maybe 160 170 pounds which for 5'2 you know it's still slightly pudgy and whatever and I was wearing a small small woman's shirt at that time and he's like you know I'm looking at you but insurance is telling me that you are considered morbidly obese and that you have to lose weight and me and my sarcastic self looked at him. I said, where do you see that I am morbidly obese? I said, <laughs> and, you know, because I wasn't holding anything back in that. I, and he's like, I, I know I'm just saying, saying what insurance wants us to say. I'm like, can you please refer me to a surgeon so I can get this hernia done and have them take care of this extra skin if the insurance is that obsessed with my my weight because as you can see it's all extra skin and you know just not that i didn't get where the doctor was coming from but i was wearing a small shirt in maybe a size eight in pants that day you're like i've done all of this damn work and you're telling me still right i'm like what and i and this was after like literally like a month or two after I ran a marathon. Hmm. Literally running a marathon and he's like, you're considered morbidly obese. Well, I so mean, I'm, I, sure, I'm sure that plays a role 
and not and it, forgive me for cutting you off. And part of the, I guess we're dealing with with body dysmorphia there, where you're saying like you struggle to still see these things, and then you have your insurance saying, "Hey, he, here's what the numbers say," even though you're like, "I'm the one that's living this life. I'm right. the one that's in this body. I'm the one that's put in all of this." blood and sweat and tears and work and effort and you're telling me it's still not enough oh, so geez. I can I can I can understand to a degree like why you would feel the way you feel and you know when I went to when I did go see the general surgeon that he had re referred me to and you know it was just kind of ironic because it was in the same surgeon's office that I went to two years prior that that my first hernia surgery was denied and when I went to that first surgery appointment and everything I was over 300 pounds and everything and you know just they took my vitals in and everything and went about their business second time I was like I said I was like between 160 and 170 I don't forget the exact weight and my the nurses in there taking my vitals 170 and my blood pressure everything looks good i'm gonna go right down put it in the computer and the doctor will be in and i had um one of my roommates with me and uh, we were sit sitting in the the exam room just talking and everything and the nurse comes in she just throws the door open she's like how did you do it now, I was in mid-conversation with my roommate. And, Sorry, how did I do what? She's like, two years ago, you were 350 pounds. How did you do it? And I said, oh, um, said I did the fit challenge last year and everything and lost 92 pounds during that and everything and then just continued going on to lose weight and everything. So I've lost all this weight naturally through just through diet and exercise. She's like, you didn't have any surgery? No, ma'am, I'm just proper eating and just working my, literally working my ass off. She's like, that's awesome. She's like, the doctor will be in in a few minutes. And same thing with him. He comes in, he's like, so how did you do it? And I explained it to him. <laughs> now it's a magical mystery. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, just I, evidently, he's like, well, you know, the nurse came and told me and everything. And we looked it up on the CMSP register and everything. So there's documentation. Of my weight loss and everything and he, he looks at the surgeon's looking at me and i'm fully clothed and everything and he's like um there, there's a, there's a little issue with the surgery i'm like god what now and he he's like you know i can do the surgery for you but i need a plastic surgeon with me i can't do your surgery without a plastic surgeon i'm like why and he's like i can just see through your jeans and your clothes that you have several layers on but you still have a lot of extra skin i said yes i mean i and he's like i need the plastic surgeon to take the skin off in order to do your surgery i said well that's normally a problem with the insurance and he the doctor looks at me and says don't ask me any questions. I'm going to refer you to the plastic surgeon. You're going to go see the plastic surgeon and we're going to schedule a day for you because I cannot do your hernia. 
without the thing being gone. So he, I didn't ask any questions. I did as I was told. I saw the plastic surgeon and everything. And I had to go back a second time to the plastic surgeon because they had to take extra pictures just to have extra documentation to justify that for insurance purposes to justify having a skin removal for that. So, like I said earlier, God worked in his magical ways with the first surgery being canceled and um, insurance paid for everything. I didn't have to pay out of pocket for hernia or the plastic surgery with it. Um, And the day of my surgery, um, the anesthesiologist had come into my room and he's like, you don't know me, but I know about your story. Like my wife walks out with you at the gym and she's told me amazing things about you. Like, I'm going to pray with you now. I've prayed for, prayed for you um, throughout your journey and everything. You will not be getting a bill from my office for this because we are writing it off. God is good. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, um, you know, and I, I was just, my, there's a lot of times I'm not speechless and Bobby can tell you that that was one of them. And because, and, you know, just throughout the whole process, I can, looking back at hindsight's 2020, and the Christmas before I got into the Fit Challenge, I went to church for Christmas Eve because I found out that a guy that I knew from back home who is an administrator, an administrator in the school district that I grew up in. So I've known this guy since I was 10 years old. And he had, after he retired through the school system, he became a pastor. And he's now... Um, he was a pastor in the town in Sandusky where Bradley and I live. And he sat there, sat in the hospital with me the day I was having that surgery. And his mouth dropped when the anesthesiologist told us that. And my pastor told me the other day, he's like, it so amazes me to this day because I have never seen or experienced anything like that with any of my other family members, congregants, members of the churches I've been involved with. That has never happened. And I said, God works in ways that blesses and touches other people because we, by sharing our story and being open and being open to being vulnerable with other people, God will bless us and we'll be able to touch other people's lives through our story. And, you know, just I tell people all the time that I would fall asleep crying begging to God for that spot on the fit challenge and I would say say God if you just give me this chance I'll do whatever you want I said I'll just and that that's one of the reasons why I agreed to say yes to Bradley with this is because I cannot break a vow like that because God gave me such a beautiful gift to get healthy because I've lost almost 200 pounds just from that one opportunity, and if I can at least get 
my story out there so at least one person can get healthy by showing them what not to do, then it'll be worth it. I don't think we can add anything after that one. Hey, Jesus. <laughs> Only thing I'm gonna say is if you can go make a GoFundMe and hopefully share your story with it. You know, we're gonna share your story with it and, and hopefully maybe you ain't gotta worry about your bills. You can get the rest of that done without it, you know. Yeah. Whatever yeah. it is you need, you know, and you still work and be able to maintain your regular bills. So yeah, and, I mean, you know, you go, go ahead, Greg. No, no, go ahead. Um, one of the things that, um, because I'm so passionate about helping other people in this, is that five years ago, um, I did get my certification to train people to be a personal trainer, and from the physical side, I can. And I don't give myself enough credit. And I, I will be the first to admit that. And everything. I would say I, and with as far as being a personal trainer go, I am more comfortable because I got to attach that a transformation specialist, which allows me to be able to sit and talk with people who are like what I used to be. And just be able to sit down and say, hey, you know, can you cut down for my... 12 cans of soda to 11 for one day and just pushing them through. So I am able to sit down and coach virtually online with the way modern technology is today. And just that way, I'm trying to figure a way out to target that audience. Because from my experience, I know a lot of morbidly obese, depressed women don't make much money and don't have a lot of money to get themselves healthy because they don't see any other way out. So it's just trying to come up with a price plan that they can afford that will also allow me a chance to get my my physical self the money I need to pay for my surgery. So just using it as a side hustle to get health so I can get my surgery. I just, I remember you talking about getting, uh, becoming a personal trainer a few years ago, but it just really, from 350 pounds to a personal trainer. Isn't that crazy? Hey, that's itself right there. And you actually, you are actually concerned as to why I would possibly want to bring you onto this show to talk. <laughs> you are actually concerned. Oh, that's just me being my normal shy self and everything. And you know, just um I'm a lot more comfortable with you. And you know, just to everybody else, when the day that I met the personal trainer here in Massachusetts, um he's he's about the same age as you, Bradley. He just turned thirty-three. Very young, very confident, very cocky guy. Love him to death. And everything. And he's like, you've been coming here for a month. Um, How come you've not talked to me yet? I said, because I'm really incredibly shy. That's why. 
that I just don't really normally approach people. And a couple weeks later and everything, I finally sent gave you my text my phone number and texted me. Mom was like, hey, you know, this is Trina from the gym and everything. And like the next day, I get called into work where they gave me a split. So during my split, I had went to the gym and everything, walked right past Mr. Personal Trainer and everything, did my own thing. I left because I only had X amount of time. And like an hour after I get back to work, I get a text message from Phil, and he's like, damn, he's like, you really are shy. He's like, I, I saw you come in, and you didn't even so much to say hi to me. I was going to, had looked for you because after the session and everything, and you were gone. I said, like, you think I was kidding with you? <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, there's no reason to be shy here. I said, when I'm in the gym, I said, that is my job. I said, I get in there. I'm not going to talk to anybody. I said, unless I'm paying you, paying you to kick my, literally kick my butt. I said, don't talk to me. I'm like, just leave me alone. Let me do my business. And, just, and it, he didn't listen to that part because even if I was on my own, he would still come over and like, what are you doing, Trina? <laughs> or, because, you know, just because he, he ended up, has become a really good friend of mine and I consider him all like a little brother. But, you know, just, and I do worse crap to him than I ever did to Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, just, um, do you remember when I took the, the witch's broom to you at the arcade, Bradley? I don't remember it, but you often tell the story. I think my brain is just... <laughs> I remember it happened, something but I don't... That Bradley don't remember. Like I remember it happened, but I can't vi I can't visualize it. Well, there it was during Halloween weekends at the park, and of course, you know, just Halloween's just crazy at zero point. There was one day someone had somehow knocked over one of these witches' brooms in the store that I was working in that night. There was an extra person, so I picked it up. I walked my happy little fat butt down the, the arcade where Bradley was working. And there is a father and daughter at the arcade that Bradley was helping. And I'm just standing there with this broom in my hand with the broom, wooden broom standing up. And I'm just standing there smiling and everything. And Bradley just is like, has his broom. He's like, look at me. He's like, don't do this now, Trinan. The, the dad finally sees me and starts happy. He's like, oh, I got to see this. So I look at it. I'm like, look, Bradley, somebody found my ditch mobile. I do vaguely remember that thinking. Remember that thinking. Wow. <laughs> like in front of the customer. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, man. The customer just lost it. He's like, because he could tell that we were just having fun with it. Yeah. <clears throat> So, are you so are you open to people reaching out to you if they have questions or they want to get encouragement or just talk to you for any reason at all? Are you open to people be, to reaching out to you? Yes. And what? How should they reach out to you? Um, Facebook Messenger or 
that you can give them my phone number. I'm not gonna put your phone number in the show notes because it's way too much. <laughs> that's way too public. Okay. Um. Just, just have them get through. I'll follow me through. Um. Messenger. Okay. Well, I've got you on Facebook. Yeah. Okay. And because it's not really a, like the side business is not really officially out there yet. Um. Better get it out there. Yeah. Yeah, um, I've been... Go back and listen to that entrepreneur episode that we did. <laughs> hey, make your Facebook page, uh, group page, start adding folks, and before you know it... Bang, bang. Oh. Um, I do have um, a couple people that I'm talking to now. Um, over between Thanksgiving and Christmas... I did a small fundraiser where I was able to raise like $400 and I was able to sponsor um, a local resident here in, on Cape Cod. George, um, and my trainer gave her a free gym membership, but that that money that I raised paid for her training sessions. Nice. So, because I, a person's time is not cheap. Especially when it comes to helping someone else get healthy, so I wasn't expecting my trainer to work for free in that aspect. But he did donate the gym membership. Wow, that's awesome. That's dope. Hey, I tell you what, next time you get four hundred dollars, buy your Mevo camera. It's basically the same camera that all these creators on YouTube and stuff is pretty much using. Start recording working workouts. And sell you some subscriptions and make you another little hustle there, you know, training on your own. Yeah, I um that's why I pay someone else to kick my butt is because, <laughs> because I as stubborn and disciplined as I am with my workouts, I still have I I can't do a proper form on my own and everything. So I've got to have someone say, hey, you know, you're doing this wrong and you know, just I've got to pay for my sessions. Hey, if you pay for your sessions, you can record them. Yeah. You have the right to record them, edit out when they talk, saying, hey, that wasn't a good form. Give me three more still. Edit that part out. As long as you're showing the proper form in the workout, yeah, you pay for the workout, and you're a certified trainer, so it's not like you're cheating the game. I'm just trying to help put a little extra in your pocket. <laughs> That's all, you know. You know, help pay for some bills and some surgeries and whatever else you want to do. You know, you never know. It, it might be some side money that you don't even remember, and you just putting up videos. Somebody subscribing. Boom. Well, Trina, thank you. <laughs> for 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 uh, forcing really down your fears and coming on the show, this was amazing. It was. There's somebody that's gonna listen to this, and I said this last week with uh, with Nadine, but I, I, it rings true. Somebody's gonna listen and say, if she can do it, I can do it too. Well, I. I definitely do that because I was on the verge of death door 
because I was on a sea pot machine, I was on hell with acid and everything, and I very much had no suicidal thoughts. So yeah, just, if anybody, if I can get my ass out away from that, I know anybody else can do it too. They just need a little, a whole lot of love and support. Well, hey, that, if you guys, if, if you need something, reach out to Trina. Uh, follow the show, follow myself, follow Fred. All of our social medias and contacts will be in the show notes. Um, we're continuing our, our Women Making History series. Trina, thank you again. Appreciate and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Well, thank you, Bobby. Thank you. Thank you.